down the days until retirement, just like in one of those old cop shows. I'm Rachel Perkins, nice. aka Pie or Pie Bob. I'm into words, operations, cheese and whiskey, and of course, leadership. And I'm Kendall Miller. When life gives you lemons, flee to a different country and hope they don't know what lemons are because running away from your problems is highly efficient, even if ineffective. Today on the show, we're talking with Maya Mandel, VP of Product Management at Helios. Hi, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome, Maya. Excited to have you here. So uh, before we get started, I'm going to disclaimer that uh, I'm working with Maya currently at Helios uh, and... Um, getting to know everybody at Helios, I have really enjoyed. It's been an interesting, you know, I haven't been there very long, but it's an interesting group of people, uh, smart people come from interesting backgrounds and Maya stands out a little bit as this is kind of a crazy story. So I'm excited to have you here. Um, so let's dive in Maya, like talk about your background. How did you get to where you are today as a product leader at Helios, you know, and back all the way up as far as you're comfortable going. Awesome. So, hi, and thanks for having me. Um, I think everything in my life journey really ties back uh, to my days as a competitive swimmer and student athlete, uh, first as an age group uh, swimmer, and then at the University of Michigan as a student athlete then member of the women's swimming and diving team. Um, I... Um, I studied and because, because because product has everything to do with swimming. <laughs> yes. Is that first interruption? That, what do you that, mean? That why? That's where you're going. It's with the this? grind, right? It's the, the grind. grind. Okay, okay. Sorry, keep going. Um, yep. So yeah. NCAA is a competitive swimmer. You you should you should explain some of that because uh, uh, most of us don't have that life experience. Yeah. Nuh-uh. So um, especially at a place like Michigan. Uh, a lot of the um, a lot of this like cycles and emotional energy that goes into being uh, a high competitive student athlete uh, at this type of institution is about how to use sports and uh, and the opportunity to be a part of a team like that uh, to go on and make an impact later in life in everything else outside of the athletic arena because you know our days as athletes are are going to be few in life compared to everything else that's going to come afterwards. So um, mm-hmm. I've been exposed to leadership training, uh, working very hard with a very talented uh, group of uh, professionals uh, from from a young age uh, because mm-hmm. of the environment uh, I was a part of. Uh, the level of excellence that I was expected to meet day in and day out uh, is... Um, unmatched uh, and the um, inspiration uh, that we've had between the Olympians and the Nobel Prize winners and you know I was an engineering student and there is always you go to the college to the north campus where all the the engineering faculty was there and you see you have the the Apollo mission that had all Michigan alums and you know you have like Google was founded by Larry Page like all of those different names that come out of, of a place like Michigan just force you to rise to a, a, a very high level of excellence. Um, so, so that, and, and, and working very, very hard uh, towards a common goal. Uh, you know, swimming especially is often considered as an individual sport, but especially mm-hmm. at a place like the NCAA, it becomes a team sport. Uh, it's the, the coaches that coach you, the, 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 your teammates, 
friendships for life. You know, you you carry the block M on, and compete for the block M, and every achievement you do is for the for something that's so much greater than yourself. So, yeah. So you know, putting your ego aside. Being able to, you know, like uh, uh, um, turn a crappy day into a really good day because you uh, focus on teamwork and focus on goals and being able to work very, very hard to accomplish something that might have never been done before and having to juggle many different commitments at many different levels, academic, athletic, like all of that. Um, that's how you get to be a product leader <laughs> 20 years later. It really prepares you. <laughs> yeah. This idea of intentionality with the work that you're doing, right? I don't think, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it's early here. I haven't talked to anyone yet. Um, uh, so the idea that you're, you started out with this intentionality and this set of goals that you're working towards, that probably made a big difference to where you ended up. Uh, would you agree with that? Or do, yeah, you, do you think most kids don't have that or? Um, I don't know. I'm very, I mean, I, I can only speak about, you know, my experience yeah. and, and how the experience I wish that my girls as a mother now, my girls would be, would have the opportunity to, to, to go through the, on their own as well. Uh, but yeah, the notion of, of being purposeful and working and striving to make something that's really impactful and, and it's beyond just your own achievements. It's mm -hmm. the team and, and everything else you're a part of and everything else you present is definitely something that uh, helps people like me excel and, 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 and thrive and, and really want to give back to the group I'm part of and, and make sure that it's always getting better externally and internally. Well, and so did you, I mean, swimming teaches you a certain rigor, like particularly in NCAA swimming, like it, it is, it is, you know, I imagine you're exercising in the morning, you're exercising in the evening, you're just swimming all the time, you're working your tail off, and there's school in between, so you got to cram every, you probably have almost no room for social life outside of the swimming team, but like, you didn't, you didn't learn that in college to have gotten to the NCAA level as a swimmer. You probably were a driven machine before that. I mean, how much is, is that just who you were or is that the way you were raised? And, and, you know, we, we need to get into how this then affects your career as you go. But like, first I'm curious, like how much of that is actually just inborn or innate versus, um, you were taught that at the college level. So I think it's like, you know, when you ask like, why, like, why are all the like the best basketball players are tall? You know, is it like, what, <laughs> what's the chicken? What's the egg in a sense, right? So obviously you need to have some set of, of, of some sort of, of talent or capabilities, but you know, it's a set of, of, of things that kind of happen or you make sure that they happen. You know, you like, you can go all the way back to when you're like seven or eight and you're like in your first kind of summer yeah. league, like you need to have that coach that's gonna like help you also evolve you as, as a, as a long-term athlete. Right. And at school, you need to have the, the support system that understands the, the fact that you're traveling all the time and like that you don't need to binge in class, like stuff like that. So obviously it's a combination of a lot of things, but you know, like the NCAA, there's a lot of things happening right now in NCAA. I think maybe it's a topic for a different podcast, but like really <laughs> the, the Olympic sport, there is a reason that why so many a, a great athletes come out of, of, of the U.S. And there are so many, there are so many reasons why a lot of business leaders come out of the NCAA 
uh, especially with Olympic uh, Olympic sports and not only the revenue generating sports. And uh, there is a lot in that, right? Like when you when I came as a white hat kid a kid to an arbor in the fall of two thousand, and, and and you're suddenly part of this magic. You know, your reference in life of what can be achieved changes. Like what you dream of changes your goals for for how to be leaders and best and 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 do it the right way and and all of that it just changes um and that's something that you know walked me through like I, part of me like ever since i've set my foot on uh, on that campus uh, 22 years ago now <laughs> okay and so you you uh you mentioned earlier something that i was interested in um <clears throat> and, uh, and that i wish more professional athletes had or uh, or, or people going into professional athletics had on their mind, and that is that your body isn't going to be what supports you in that in that uh, career path your whole life, right? You're eventually going to age out of being able to do the things that you need to do, and so you said you were you were also trained to do something next. Yes, or we were that you always, thought about that at least. Yeah, we were told from you know very early time in my like four years at at Michigan that, you know, like 20 years from then, which is now, but 20 years from now, we will not remember the results. We will not necessarily remember the, the, the places that we placed. You will remember the relationships. You will remember, you know, the, the um, what you've been, like the education that you got, like that's what you're gonna take back to life. There is so much emphasis on community service on being like active leaders in the in our local community within the student athlete department within the student community within the Ann Arbor community mm -hmm. right so yeah there is a ton of emphasis as you know student athletes and 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 the fact like two st four student athletes and leadership training and all of that and how that's going to make us uh, impact like impactful leaders in life afterwards cool. yeah so so dive into the, so you graduate yes. from the NCAA. Talk about your career path. So, how, did, how did you end up where you are yeah. today? Because we're, we're probably going to come back to swimming, but let's get into some of the details <laughs> what, of what happened Talk about that. your actual later career? Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, I graduated in 2004 with a degree in computer science engineering and uh, in math and uh, returned back to my home country, that is Israel. Uh, and got drafted to serve in the military because uh, military service yeah, here is mandatory. Right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, luckily, or not luckily, I worked my butt off to get to that point. Uh, I was uh, drafted to, um, to serve as an engineer. So it wasn't just a two-year mandatory service uh, period that, um, that, that women usually have. Um, I, got, I um, got drafted to the IDF Intelligence Forces, uh, to the technological unit there and had to serve initially five years because of the role I was doing, but then extended it even a little bit longer. So oh, wow. at the end of the, when I was done with my service at the end of 2009, uh, I was released as a captain uh, after um, leading software development teams, project teams, software engineering teams, like doing a lot of uh, uh, stuff that I can't talk a lot about, <laughs> but, um, <What>? but yeah. <laughs> Um, but was definitely the, the, the that was my, the first part of my professional career. Well, so so um, first of all, I mean, most Israelis are graduating high school at eighteen and going into the IDF Correct. then and then going to college, That's right. right? So you're probably a little different in that you went to college first and then joined the IDF. Yeah. Um, so 
were you a little older than most of your peers when you joined? So because I joined um, a group of engineers that most of them, a lot of them went to the IDF right after high school, but they went to, to university to get their engineering degree first. So I wasn't, I was right. Oh, like the IDF sent them yes, to the university. Exactly. Oh, interesting. Okay. okay. So, so you're not necessarily older than all of them, but so then you rise in the ranks there. So you're getting, you have the leadership training of swimming and the NCAA and, and what that carries, and then straight into a highly structured, literally military engineering unit. Yes. Uh, I mean, like you can't talk about what you built, but can you talk about, um, you know, what that looks like? Like I, I, I have a good idea of what engineering departments look like. I have some idea of what a military looks like. I have no idea of what a military yeah. engineering unit looks like. Do you use like. Jira? How does project happen? Like, <laughs> well, what, what? when I was there, it was before, there was barely any cloud, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it looks, the, the answer is yes. Like use all the same tool, right? Like everything, especially today, you know, like everything is like you have every cloud solution has an on-prem version, FedRAMP version, like everything mm -hmm. is, is already catered to, um, uh, to the, you know, the DOD and like all of those type of, 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 of services. Um, but um, how it looks like is a bunch, like the smartest people you have met because think about the talent pool because the service is mandatory. Think about the talent pool that the IDF sits on, right? Like everybody goes through it. So like the smartest people you can think of, um, but very little uh, experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like right. maybe a bit immature or naive, but, but also you know extremely what? Like, smart. We, yeah, but we laugh a lot of times. It's laugh or, or you, sometimes it's, it's a very sad joke. Depends on, you know, like mm -hmm. what happens yeah, in yeah. like, you know, macro politics at that point. But there are some things you can yeah. only do when you're 20. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if you if you stop for a second, like you think about like you know F sixteen or F eighteen, like you know uh, uh, pilots. Like there's things that like you can't do at a later stage in your life because you'll be like, no, I like I have a family. <laughs> you know, you're I mean? smarter <laughs> than that. <at> that <laughs> you have more um, to lose. Your reaction yeah. times are slower, but also, yeah, you have more to lose and you, you, your decision making is affected by more real life experience. Yeah. Right? So when yeah, again, yeah. when you're like when when you have when you have no limits because you've never been like all of us came to the military straight out of school doesn't matter if it's high school or like university but very little almost zero uh, experience outside of the military on how to build software projects how to build projects and stuff. Mm -hmm. so sometimes it, like so we made up a ton of stuff on our own um sometimes that helps defies technology and defy and defy what the market is doing right so we can do like you do very clever things without even knowing that it's very clever just you know what i mean because mm -hmm. like you don't yeah, know that you have no context you're not the limits exist, yeah. everything right? else yeah and sometimes yes you need to reinvent the wheel a little bit but you realize that only later when you go somewhere else you're <laughs> you're like, like, oh wow okay <laughs> yeah we could have just used jira no yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry I'm so, but right to your moment. question before i i really remember like a lot of people when i interview candidates to you know when I recruit or, or when I even speak about, like I, I went on afterwards to get an MBA at Columbia Business School. So when I, a lot of questions like, okay, so how did you get into product management? And I think one of the uh, things that I've experienced during my service, which was, you know, like just a tremendous opportunity to, to, to do really important things and give back to my country and, 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 and meet a lot of great people that are really my friends today and, and, and have helped me also like that's my local network. So I have it. I've really, I'm very privileged and honored to have had the, the service that I had. Um, 
but um, you build like those crazy products that are like that beyond what you can imagine, right? Like, and that they, they, they do because you need to do like really, really hard things that on paper cannot be achieved. Um, but then, you know, at the end of the day, you need to have an 18 year old that was just drafted that they are supposed to be able to like read or consume whatever output our mm -hmm. incredible product is delivering. And if they can't do that, the value that we've delivered is literally zero. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's not, they can't I mean, use it or know yeah. what it's for. So, yeah. you know, thinking about, again, what is the impact? Like, what is the purpose? Like, how is this making a difference? You know, like you realize that it's so much greater than just a feature or a Jira ticket or, you know, something like you have to, or I felt like I had to look end to end completely Who's using it? View. You know, like where are all the different bottlenecks? Where are all the different integration points? Like looking at holistically, because otherwise you have all those different teams also organized sometimes between different units and different profit center. Like it's very, it's not, it's not profit because military, but you know, like cost centers mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how do you make all of that work together, right? Um, to to actually deliver value and not just say, oh, we did something amazing, um, but it doesn't mean anything. So while you were serving, so you, 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 you decided uh, possibly when you were in college, possibly before to go into software engineering, was there uh, first of all, I want to, I want to find out why you why? decided to do that. It was just, <laughs> were you interested in math? Were you interested in, I mean, was it just like, oh, I can make money doing this later, which is a totally reasonable way to look at it. It's actually um, a very, very like boring, boring story. Here you, well, go. you know, it was a story. We want to yeah. hear it. <laughs> it was no, it's not like no, it's it's not even something you can learn from. But it was literally the summer of 1999. My dad bought us an iMac <laughs> and connected us to the dial-up internet <laughs> for the first time, so we can go on US News and World Report to check with the top colleges in the US and 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 ah. and, and mix them with the you know like with the best swimming programs. And then mm -hmm. I applied to a few colleges and, you know, spoke with the coaches and, and, and decided wh wh where to go. But part of the application process, you also had to choose your major. And my dad was an engineer. <laughs> so he told uh -huh. me, you're good in math and physics, go like engineering. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> sure. Right. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah. So that worked and out. Then, <laughs> so then you had, had he been a painter, you would be yeah. painting today. Um, mm -hmm. So, okay, so so then keep keep going with the story. So you, so NCAA swimming, then the IDF for uh, seven years, you six said? Six years, yeah. And then um, six yeah. years. Okay, and then what happened next? Like, wh how did you get to, we got we to. Yeah, yeah. So then moving on with the timeline, uh, I uh, once I was done with my service, I started working at Better Place. Uh, that was uh, circa 2010. Better Place was an incredible initiative that went completely bust, but uh, it was an amazing story uh, um, 15 years ago, uh, where Shia Gassi, the founder uh, that sold a startup to SAP uh, in, I think, 2001 or something around those years, um, he was asked, what would you do to change the world? And he said, I will end the world dependence on oil. Um, so he got a lot of money <laughs> to make that mm -hmm. mission come true. 
and was able to sort of like hire a lot of very, very talented and smart people to help uh, try to solve that problem uh, by uh, introducing electrical vehicles that have a um, switching battery uh, component mm -hmm. so that the range and like there's no problem to go anywhere you need to go assuming the infrastructure is is there mm -hmm. and you can drive anywhere and you can just swap the battery and, and keep going uh, once you ran out of gas, so to speak. Um, yeah. So that was, yeah. and, and the mission was to end the world dependence on oil because of all the bad things it does, you know, like climate change and again, politics mm -hmm. and economics and all of those types of things. So um, signed a contract with Renault to actually mass produce um, a vehicle, electrical vehicle that has the batteries, the swapping battery component. And um, we built the, 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 the software in the vehicle. Uh, we build the charging stations. Um, we build the battery switch uh, uh, stations. Uh, we had all those integrations with the uh, service providers and the network operators and the grid and all the demand and supply uh, um, with, the, with the biggest uh, um, power providers, so energy providers, sorry. So, all of that was a very, you know, today we talk about living lean and doing MVP. There was nothing lean <laughs> and there was nothing yeah. viable product there. It was a very, very big releases, very, very big and, and, and lofty goal. And, you know, it, it eventually didn't succeed. But when we were there, it was worth a try. We, yeah, it felt like, you know, we we're really like going to change the world. Um, and that was um, quite a transition from you know, being part of the military where you wake up, you don't get, you're not paid well, but at least you wake up every morning knowing you're doing something that's really, really important. And you're working with, you know, like the coolest people, brightest people that, that are working on, like trying to solve the same problem that you are doing. Uh, and then moving on to a, a private company that still has yeah. all that talent and that fun vibe and that like very, very focused mission on how to change the world. Um, so that was really awesome. To be part of it. And what was what was your role there? I was a product manager. <laughs> I was responsible. OK, for, so you right went away. straight okay. into product. Yeah, yeah. I was responsible okay. for a smart energy management and um, and all the connection, the, the, how like how the electron flows from the grid to the back to the grid and, and, and all the interfaces that it had. Um, including finding myself in Brussels uh, one weekend for, for an IEEE or some IC, something, <laughs> some sort of a committee uh, to talk about protocols and certifications. Um, mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I left Better Place in 2011 um, to move to New York to go to Columbia Business School. So I spent there uh, um, almost two years. Um, and I almost postponed um, going back to school uh, because it was such a, an incredible adventure and um, it felt like I was, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss on something if I'm leaving at that point. But I also, mm -hmm. you know, like there's always excuses why to keep pushing it out. And I really wanted to go to Columbia Business School. <laughs> so um, I just did it. I bought a one-way ticket and uh, obviously I had to apply and Get admitted. Yeah, first. Get in. Yeah. Well, somehow I'm not surprised that you uh, that you got in. But so you went from this this military environment, which you know I, I don't know how different it is from U.S. military environment, which I'm also not super familiar with, but I have some perspective on. Um, 
that that amount of structure to uh, being a leader within a, a non-military organization, what was the biggest difference? What was the hardest change for you to make in the way that you approached your job? Um, wow, that's a really great question. Um, I'll start, there are some very, um, th- there are some like fa- factual differences, right? So in the military, like people don't just leave, right? It's not random, like, you can't fire anybody and people are they just leave like people do their job like they have a contract yeah. or like a position for i don't know whatever 18 months two years literally three years, whatever. scripted yeah, yeah. It, it is it is what it is you know what i mean um and uh, and also it really depends on the position and seniority level you know if it's part of your compulsory service or it's already part of your like people that just stay longer and their job yeah. What drives you, right? Like I'm thinking, like if I need to work with a colleague, like why why are they doing what they're doing? Like that's it's very it's different. Doesn't matter if it's early on or later on, but it, that is different than why people do what they do in like the civil world a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So that was it, because it's really important to understand why people have a certain mindset or like what what bothers it so so you can help talk about like yeah. so you can talk about or you it can and influence them and, right? yeah and like yeah. move on um so that's one very major difference uh, um, and and the other thing is um how you're measured in a like it's again it's very it's it's always a hard problem how you measure performance period mm-hmm. but um again in at least in in like outside the military it often means promotion or salary so mm-hmm. there is this there is a different drive for how people like people's goals versus in, yeah, in, a, in a place like the military where you know it's really cool to you know like excel at what you do but at the same time it's not going to influence probably how much you get paid or or promotion is is not mm-hmm. that top of mind for a lot of people so that that is very very different like what at the end of the day what motivates people what moves people and what they care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you got some, you got some major, like you, you arrived and suddenly you were like, huh, these people aren't here because they have to be here. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I can see that being really different. And I'm, a lot of leaders don't really think about like, why are these people here? Why are they doing this work? So like that, that seems like it was a really valuable difference to learn early on. Yes, definitely. And I think it's always like, and again, like as a product manager leader like 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 i have to influence a lot of people inside my company inside my team outside the company mm-hmm. and i think the first thing you need to what's in it for them like what yeah what is going to make them successful okay and often mm-hmm. like let's do a win-win but like that's the first like what is important today what do they care about how can i help them today um, yeah, yeah. and that really helps um move fast like in a lot of different ways yeah good for making decisions Okay, so you finish an MBA. Yes, keep us on track, Kendall. <laughs> I mean, we, we're going to get through the story. Usually but it's a good it's story. Me that's I, like, I, it's okay. Well, no, it's, 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 it's okay that this takes the, the bulk. Of, this is this is the point. But uh, but I am curious, like, uh, you know, what what happens next? What'd you do after that? How we, we got to get to how you got school. to Helios yeah. at some point. So but, uh, business, business school that... was um, a lot of fun and a really good. Uh, it's like after. You know, like my previous school experience was being in school and then going to college. And, and that was all the school I did. And then like, 
you, you suddenly work and like you're in the military and you're accountable for things that are like really like life and death, like literally life mm-hmm. and death, right? And then like you move on to a startup like Better Place, right? And you're like, you know, like a lot of people put a lot of money in what you do, like you better like hopefully not yeah. ruin it, right? And then you go back to school and you're like, like you need to turn in a case or like do you know like, like, this what is I, mean? low <laughs> <laughs> so, I can see that i can definitely yeah. see that yeah and, yeah, yeah you know i'm a door awesome. like i care about like doing like being good at what i do but it was just so like amazing to suddenly experience school in such a different angle and also another thing that's really good at i assume like most of the top business school programs, but especially at CBS, there is so much emphasis on the practitioner side, right? Like you have adjunct professors, like you're immersed in what's happening in New York, like a lot of the work, like granted, you need to sit in a class and, and, and learn, you know, the academic material, but that's such a small part of the MBA experience. And um, for me, coming from the technical background, you know, engineering, pro- like, system architecture, a little bit of product management already within the military and officially and then officially a better place. What I took advantage of during my time at CBS was to understand how VCs work. I, I interned at VCs. I did a lot of fellowships around those. And, you know, CBS is, has amazing programs in many different uh, um, mm-hmm. um, flavors of the, of the MBA, but especially things that are related to private equity uh, value investing, venture capital, like there is a lot of really amazing access, especially in New York to, you know, the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was, again, like I'm back to the operational side and I hope to be on the operational side for as long as I can. But You, did, um, you realize that's what you like. <laughs> yes. Or maybe VCs is what you don't like. <laughs> but it's part, like you, I mean, you can't win without them, right? So we can talk mm-hmm. about trash about it all day long. Cash. Like it's part of the team. So how awesome it is that I yeah. got that um, that perspective into mm-hmm. you know their like how they operate and and what their day to day look like and and stuff like that. So that was super cool uh, experience. Also to go completely out of my comfort zone and um, and and check that out. Um, so that was pretty cool. So then did you move back to Israel back and to go Israel. back in a tech startup yes. that's venture venture back? Yes. Um, I, uh, okay. <laughs> thanks, Ken. I uh, joined <laughs> a friends from the military. Uh, it was yep. uh, 2013. They had just uh, started a startup in the mobile security, uh, enterprise mobile security uh, domain. Um, it was still the days where everybody thought that if you're using an iPhone, you're like, you're fine. You know, like you're your safe. safe, you're safe. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so there was a lot of category creation work, market education work, um, and then like doing the whole startup thing. From I was employee number nine. Um, you know, fast forward four years later, we were acquired by Symantec, um, at that time the largest cybersecurity company in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so creating <clears throat> a category, building yep. an incredible product, you know, selling to Fortune 500, Fortune 50 companies, uh, you know, large banks, large insurance companies, healthcare, like all of that, working with the US market, um, you know, building a B2B product that is used by the employees in the organization. So having that entire spectrum. Um, of, of, of users and buyers and customers and stakeholders and all that kind of stuff. So it was an incredible ride uh, from a professional perspective, from a personal perspective. I also had my two daughters during that, those four years. So there's 
a lot of personal growth as well as professional mm-hmm. growth uh, during that time. Um, and by, like when I became uh, a mother um, and I started, you know, at the beginning, it's like very like you just have to not just, but it's it's very like operational heavy. <laughs> like you just have yeah, to, it is. Alive. You just like yeah, you have no, to keep them alive, <laughs> right? You just have to keep them alive Freedom, for a while. Freedom, exactly, exactly. Just, but yeah. as they grow and you're like trying to think, how do I, you know, when they're two years old and have their tantrums and like later, like how do I grow them into or enable them to become like just good people and like good members of the society and and mm-hmm. and and happy like healthy from from a mindfulness perspective also um a lot of those so you wrote the user stories <laughs> as the friend <laughs> of my daughter the I goal my 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 okr for this quarter yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm going to product manage you into great people damn yeah. it you will be a good product um yeah Sorry. and we also do like very quick iterations and retros on that but has to happen immediately <laughs> a lot of the literature i read about parenthood um is really it's just the same as leadership it's the same thing you know i yeah. mean oh, granted yeah. like you're stuck with your kids you know what i mean like you can't like they're, 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 you have that but you know understanding you can fire them if you if you're religious enough <laughs> yeah. and they do something or kind of like you with. you can just like, bring more right anymore. like you know it's we have all the different yeah, yeah. Uh, options but that's right. Um, That's right. But no, in the sense of how do you get into their like, how do you get into their mind? How do you understand what what they're going through? Like, how do you empower them, right? And not just like dictate what to do, right? Like, want to give you the tool, you know? Like my my older daughter, she's eight, she's turning eight, and 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 this all like talk now about like smartphones and access to screens, stuff like that, right? So I'm also going from just like no screen, we had no screens at home, like soon she'll have her own mobile phone, soon, like smartphone. So how do you teach her what's, like how Mm -hmm. do you teach her enough and give her the tools to make the right decisions, hopefully when when, when we're not there. So there's so many things just overlap between I feel Mm -hmm. parenthood and and just like leadership. We we ask people that on almost every podcast, like has, how has becoming a leader affected your personal life, your relationship with your family yeah. and friends? And that's exactly it, right? You learn all sorts of context seeking and you learn, uh, if you're a good leader, you learn about motivation and how to how to have a constructive conversation, how to know what your desires are so that you can, you know, make a good make a good choice about how you interact with someone. Yeah, and how do you so, explain? Yeah. Like you can say, you know, when there are two, you can say yes or no, but then when there are three, you want to teach them why you said no, right? Mm-hmm. And then when there are four, and, and like this whole thing and you need to change. Like I'm the same person, but I need to change my style between my kids. I need to change my style between, you know, different times of their lives, between mm-hmm. different times of the years. Now it's like school is out, so there everybody's a little bit more edgy. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like the same and in a lot of ways it's um it's exhausting because you're like always on, like you're always like, you know, yeah, like yeah. working. You're on but at work. Same, yeah. 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 But at the same totally. time, how incredible it is that it's in a sense, the same work, you know what I mean? Like it's about mm-hmm. helping people kind of grow and, 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 and hopefully help them achieve, you know, greatness. And, and sometimes it will be greatness the way I think it is. And sometimes it will not be the way I think it is. you will and, learn something else. Yeah. <laughs> and you try things and you fail and you figure, okay, this is not working. So you do something else. So everything is related, which is 
I love it. <laughs> get good at one of those things, you get better at the other thing and vice yeah. versa, right? Yeah. Well, so so I have I have so many questions though, but we gotta get so so. So we okay, were twenty seventeen semantic. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta get yeah. there. And then and then what happens? And then what okay. happens? Okay, and then, the like in a month, you know, like the acquisition happened in July. In August, um, we and you know, acquisition happens, and they're like, okay, we need to like create a SKU for your product. And I'm like, what's mm -hmm. the, like, let's just create a SKU. No, there is an 87 step checklist in Confluence on how you create a SKU, right? And you need to go through <laughs> like price it. Like we had uh, this amazing- Symantec. Yeah, but we had this amazing program manager from a daily office and she like took us hand by hand. She's like, we're gonna do it like four or five weeks. She was like, you know, a month, like she was amazing. Helped us navigate this whole new thing um so we had very close collaboration with a lot of different teams there but essentially the the, the mind-blowing story like for my like own like you know learning experience is and that i'm not like just wordsmithing it like it was really a fascinating learning experience how do you change your mind from trying to build the best product in your category right so you can sell more and like win more head to a deals and like all of those type of things to I have the largest sales force in the world that sells cybersecurity products. Like, how do I help them sell my product? Yeah. And the newsflash, yeah. adding like a super advanced cool feature is not necessarily going to help them, right? Um, changing comp yeah. helps them, but that's, you know, that's one thing that you know, right? Um, <laughs> no, how do you train it? Yeah. How do you get your peace of mind? How do you present the sales kickoff, right? Like, how do you talk to them? How do you understand what they're concerns are, what their fears are, how do you empower them to be the best, like awesome, most like trusted advisors to their Rolodex of customers. So they want to talk about my product and want to push it. Right. So like a really, you know, you, yeah. it's very Israeli for me, like, and it used to be like that to be very cynical about like how those like very large organizations operate, but like every time, like, okay, but how do you like, how can you do it differently? Like, how do you manage a portfolio? Like, you have so much money that goes into investing in building products, right? Like, we had this, like, SVP, strategic, whatever, product management. You know, like, how do you look at a portfolio products? How do you decide how to prioritize? How do you look at everything as a suite? Like, so many incredible questions that I have not had to think about before. Um, so really great learning experience. Yeah. yeah, that sounds mind blowing, actually. Like, how do you how do you become that effective at scale as well with with regards to that huge force? But I don't want to go down that path yeah. because we are running out of time. Okay, uh, so I, I want to get to okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Two years into Semantic, uh, and then I left right before the Broadcom acquisition. I joined um, a incredible an incredible healthcare startup. Um, uh, two co-founders, one Israeli, one out of the valley. And, and they build a, um, a mobile app that helps, based on AI, helps a, a, a physicians to treat more effectively stroke patients, okay? And that's by making sure the right, a, a, the, the right providers see the right patients at the right time. So you can cut dramatically a, a, the time that is wasted between all those different hops and uh, lead mm -hmm. to better patient outcome. Mm -hmm. uh, just yeah, super critical patient. for strokes. So yeah. that was VZI for the two years after Semantic, and then came the opportunity to join uh, Helios uh, about a year ago. Uh, I've known Ron. You made it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've known Ron since our days uh, at Semantic at Skycare before. We've worked together really, really well. 
uh, and when he started the company and raised money from uh, also one of uh, the, the co-founders of SkyCure, uh, it made a lot of sense uh, to um, get back together and do our magic together. Okay. So, so I want to know, I mean, all these different yes. things like, like um, military, swimming, public companies, small companies, uh, you know, what delights you about leading? Like, what, what do you actually enjoy about it? Is it just having power? Is it, uh, you know, taking care of people somehow? Like, what, what is it that actually excites you about this, this kind of role? It, the, I think I see it means to an end. Like, in my perspective, it's the way to make an impact, right? Um, yeah. So solving hard problems is, that's what, like, gets me excited. And... Um, and working with really good people to do that, that's what makes it like me very driven to do my best every single day at work. Um, and, and I think, you know, leadership is just a way, a mechanism to, to solve really hard problems, make, make a difference on people's lives. And it can be, sometimes it can be, you know, stroke patients or, you know, like ending the world depends on oil, which makes it a very, very interesting dinner conversation and also feel good yeah. because you're doing something important. And sometimes it can be something very boring, like <laughs> developer tools, you know, and like helping mm -hmm. developers that work on microservices and cloud native application to waste less time, you know, like when the, in their work and be less frustrated and be and, and have a, a, a little bit more delightful experience in their day to day and be able to spend more of their CPU and energy on things that matter and not on things that can be and should be automated by products like what we build at Helios. Okay, so, so that's why I'm like, I'm happy, always happy to learn new technologies, new markets, new problems, new buyers, new users, you know, like, I think maybe 10 years ago, you would think, oh, you're like all over the place, you're doing like, you know, Mm -hmm. auto tech and then like health tech and cyber and dev tools and i think at the age we're at now like everybody understands that like everything changed like you I, you can do cyber security for 20 years and and what you do now has nothing to do with what you did like even five years ago because the world evolves and changes right so uh, you need to adapt yeah. really quickly you need to um uh, you need to learn all the time new things you need to learn all the times new problems new opportunities but what doesn't change is how you look at the problem and try to understand what's the best way to solve it, right? And and how you get a group of people from various different backgrounds to to work to be, you know, work together for for a greater cause. And how do you hold yourself accountable? How do you hold your team accountable? How do you look to the truth in the eyes and say, okay, this is going well, or no, I need to change course, right? And when you're an athlete, it's easy because you have the time, like you have you have like literally the times to say, okay, I need to like do. A paradigm shift right and in the business world it's also easy because you have market validation you have data all the time right it can be sales data it can be revenue it can be you know like metrics it can be whatever it is right so like taking all of those into account and trying to think okay what's like how do i achieve more greatness how do i push more toward progress yeah well, and so so we ask everybody, how yeah, do you feel say, about having authority? Are we going to get to this and question? Well, it's like, <laughs> it, it, normally, normally we, we've only got a few more minutes, so we got to be well, brief. I wanted, but, to, but, yeah, I wanted I mean, to frame it in a certain way, Kendall, because I think it's it's different, ahead, especially, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it's it's somewhat different in product management, right? You have, you have your team of product managers and you do lead them in a more traditional way. They work for you. They're your reports. 
And so you, you know, you care directly about their career progression and all the various things that leaders do. But as a product manager, you have to have so much more influence. You are also leading engineering teams that are that you want them you want them to take your message and and understand the value of what they're working on. And go on to marketing and like everything, right? Like especially right. everything. All like, of the people you're talking internally, yeah. you're talking externally, you're often interacting with customers as well. And you're all you're trying to do all of this with authority that you don't necessarily have, right? You mm -hmm. don't you're not the boss of the engineering team, right? But you have to get them to do what you want, and so that I, I was hoping we would have more time to talk about that. But oh well, maybe we'll have you on again. Okay. Um, but so in the context of that, when you you know you definitely are the boss of your direct reports, but you're not the boss of the teams you're trying to motivate necessarily. What is your relationship with authority? How do you feel? about having authority over other people and how do you feel? And also there's this whole military side of this as well, where yeah. the authority is very clear. Uh, how do you feel about other people having authority over you? So I think authority is, it's a tool, right? And you know, like even with my direct reports, right? Like even in the military probably today, but I'm putting military aside, like you can't give, like, you don't hand out commands anymore, even if it's mm -hmm. people that report into you anymore, right? So, yeah. like, the world has changed, you know, like, old-fashioned, quote-unquote, authority, it's, it's changed for the most part in most of the, you know, let's call it modern software product development organizations. Um, your kids, you know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, the more, like, when you butt head with them, like, you lose. You will lose. Mm -hmm. So I think authority <laughs> is a tool that you need to, it's another tool in the, in the toolbox that you need to know when and how to exercise depending on the, the circumstances and the person next, like you're interfacing with. Because some people, you know, let's talk about the classic relationship, like like for product engineering, right? Some engineers really like, they, it's not, doesn't make them bad engineers. They just want, they're like, we'll do whatever is best for the business. Might just tell us what, to, you know what I mean? Like, just tell mm -hmm. us. And some people are going to be a lot more opinionated and it's going to take a lot more energy to 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 kind of find out like what is the optimal solution we're going to be working on right in some sort of a negotiation almost so i think so that's like between pride and gen, i think it's a tool that you need to know when and how to exercise it also depends on the on the goal sometimes you say you know what like I, I hear you, but that's our, like, here's the OKRs. Like, mm -hmm. that's what we're going to be measured on. So whether we like it or not, Disagree like, just, and you, commit. you know, like, yeah. like, yeah, we need to move on. Like, we don't have any time to talk anymore about this. Um, but it's, it's, people need to be, I think, for the most part, like, what's important is that people feel that they are heard, that they get the opportunity to, um, to voice, like, those that want to voice their opinion and their, what they care about, like, for the most yeah. part, like it can, it can be, it doesn't have to always be accepted, but you need to find the outlets, like pick your fights, you know, like you just need to pick your fights. Like sometimes it's, it's fine to lose the tactical, it's smarter to lose the tactical battle, right? Over like a small minor piece to, to gain that trust, gain that relationship and mm -hmm. know we are, Hey, we're in this together and I don't have all the answers. Let's, let's give it a shot. You know what, whatever, like it's, 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 it's a tax I'm, I'm happy to pay. So people are opinionated and, and share the ideas. It's very important that everybody knows who gets to make the call at the end, right? Because then you get into this like endless loop of always talking. 
but that's a huge problem you know it's like it's like a day if you you won't accept failure as part of 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 a healthy growth process you know and again whether you're raising your kids whether you're an athlete whether you're a professional then then it's gonna if you don't accept that risk of failure you're not going to have a lot of risk taking also to do great things so different companies have different attitudes and dna's and i am uh, lucky slash worked really hard <laughs> to get to a point where i'm uh, exactly uh, surrounded by the dna and sentiment i i want to be surrounded by which is you know oh, we're we look awesome. at it there we look at that but we also accept the risk that's fantastic yeah. Well, so for time's sake, we got to wrap up. This was very interesting, and there's lots more that more I would time. love to dig into. But uh, um, where can people find you on the internet if they want to catch up more or hear more uh, from you? Um, LinkedIn is probably the most effective way okay. to do that. So I will just put that Maya Mendel. Yeah. Cool. Thank you so much. Okay. I really wish we'd had yeah, more time to talk much. to you. I feel like we were just getting to something good, but. We will, I mean, like something deeper. I wanted to talk more about, about this idea of the, the, the leadership and, and authority mix that we were, you were just going into, but um, maybe another time and congrats on getting to where story. you exactly needed to be. That's right. And appreciate you spending the time. Yeah. Thank you so much for your like active engagement. That was um, fun and it, it flew by really quickly. So thank you.